CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1 888 827 5276. Again, that's 1 888 Ask CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Friday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. We're glad you've joined us as we wrap up this week. Looking forward to uh, answering some questions for all of you, as we do every weekday afternoon at this time, setting everything else aside and just doing really what is so important for all of us to have good answers for our questions as we share our faith. And so if you've got a question you'd like to ask us, you've been reading your Bible, you've been reading the newspaper, a lot of crazy stuff going on, we just want to encourage you to give us a call, 8888-ASK-CSN. Real simple, toll free, and we got some lines open, sure, you're sure to get on if you call right now. And we have with us Brad Dacus from Pacific Justice Institute. So if you also have a question concerning legal matters, today's your day. Hi, and welcome, Brad. Hi there. Great to be on the program. Thanks, Mike. Always a blessing to be with you. Looking forward to answering some questions with you, as we always are. And, um, man, crazy stuff. The Democrat uh, governor of Arizona resigned today. What What is your take on all this stuff going on? Yeah, it's it's interesting because it seems like it may be a, a temporary resignation, maybe maybe not permanent. I'm still trying to, to, to figure it out. Uh, she could be possibly going in for, you know, surgery. Oftentimes, politicians don't want to announce, "Yeah, I'm going in for major surgery," you know. Uh, but they do sometimes when they're going to be um, no longer able to serve for a period of time, maybe because of surgery or recovery, or that they will uh, allow a temporary resign and have someone else to uh, to to step in. Uh, that looks like what it is, but there is, you know, speculation out there why. Is she stepping down? What is it for? What what's going on? Um, you know that that those questions will definitely be there uh, because they're they can go in many different directions, and uh, based on what we see in our, our nation today, there really is uh, not much in the way of limits on uh, what what could be happening here. And I just hope, I hope she's going to be in good health, and if it's surgery, I hope it goes well. But uh, it is a bit perplexing. Yeah, and uh, of course Newsom signed in a bunch of uh, laws. Uh... And um, uh, oh. this this uh, this one uh, concerning parental rights, uh, you know, if a, a little boy or girl, you know, four years old says, I think I might be a boy or I might be a girl, you know, the same the same child that will eat ice cream, uh, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner, who really doesn't understand the long term ramifications of eating ice cream for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Neither would they understand really all this transgenderism stuff but if you in any way uh, try to intervene in your child's life, uh, child protective services will take your children away. Has California mentally slipped off into the ocean? Well, their legislators definitely have slipped off into the ocean. Uh, they're out of touch with reality, out of touch with uh, science, uh, the studies, uh, the, the electorate, the voters. So it's uh, it's extremely disturbing because basically what the, the government has done is just made it very easy for children just to be snatched and taken simply because you have parents who are saying, yeah, we're not going to encourage confusion, uh, gender confusion, which 
uh, it results in death usually before the age of 30. It's more dangerous to the lifespan of a child than if the child was dealing with cancer. Statistically, they're actually more likely to survive beyond the age of 30 if they're dealing with cancer than if they're dealing with gender identity dysphoria and an institution and schools encouraging it, solidifying it so that uh, medical actions are taken against the body and uh, depression and suicide result. It's, it's tragic. It's not supported by science, uh, psychology. Uh, it's clearly not supported by scripture. And I think it's an indicator, uh, Mike, of the spiritual uh, darkness that is overtaking the logic, the, the minds of, of America, and uh, which is turning away from the Lord. I know it's it's really uh, uh, really really we're in some very very trying times. And uh, Jesus said, "When you begin to see these things, look up. Your redemption draws nigh." I try to always remind everybody about that because I do believe one of these days, and very soon, you know, the Lord's going to take His church home called the Rapture, and we look at that. And um, I'll tell you, I see a, such a need uh, because. Th- what is evil is good, and what good is evil, and it's just in, absolutely incredible what's going on. That number to call again, 8888-ASK-CSN. And before we go to the phones, uh, Brad, what's your latest cases, and how can we pray for you? Well, I, I certainly appreciate uh, prayers. Right now, you know, we've been uh, having a lot of lawsuits on behalf of employees who, because of their sincere religious convictions, uh, not to take a controversial uh, medically controversial vaccine uh, regarding COVID. Uh, you know, they've been losing their jobs. Well, the latest is St. Jude's uh, Hospital. Many people see it as a wonderful, benevolent institution helping children, which they do. But the administration side of St. Jude's is a different ballgame. And we have, uh, we're now, we filed a lawsuit against St. Jude's uh, because they have refused to accommodate an employee uh, who has been working from home. Her other three colleagues were working from home, no problem. Uh, the other three colleagues were have been allowed to stay working at home, but she is not being accommodated. She has sincere religious convictions against this very controversial vaccine, and they're, uh, they, they fired her. Um, so we're suing her for her to get her job back and two years back pay. Um, you know, these kinds of actions by these kinds of these institutions it's not supported by science. It doesn't make sense financially. It, it actually hurts their ability to do a good job by getting rid of quali- qualified employees who absolutely no, have no risk to the institution because they would be working at home as they've done successfully already. So it's, uh, it makes absolutely no sense. There's so many other facts I can't get into it for the sake of time. But uh, we're holding them accountable. And we at PJI, make no mistake, we intend to hold every business and every government bureaucrat and agency accountable and, and take them to the mat on behalf of our brothers and sisters in Christ across the nation that have been purged because of their sincere convictions and not to take a controversial vaccine, which science now has actually vindicated that conviction. So we're in some some pretty, pretty crazy things right now. And again, um, our prayers are with you. And uh, Brad, you know, again, we we look at all these things going on in our world today. Look up. Our redemption draws nigh. 8888-ASK-CSN is the number to call. Let's go to the phones. We have Stephen on the line in Nevada. Hi, welcome. Hey, how are you guys doing, my brothers? 
Good. How may it we is a pleasure. It is a pleasure talking to you guys. I, I just got a kind of a quick question statement on um, the commandments in the old law as how I, I, I listen to you guys all the time, and I listen to the questions that people ask about law. And Jesus really, like, put it out there on how the law is performed. And only way it's performed, I think, is by the two commandments he gave, and that was to love God with everything that's inside you, everything you can do, as well as love your neighbor. Yep. And the rest of the law hangs on the balance of those two. Yep. But it doesn't seem like we get taught that enough. We get stuck on these Ten Commandments and all the laws of the mm-hmm. old ways and everything, but it seems like the hearts of the children don't understand that those two commandments really do fulfill the law. Yes, they do. And and uh, Jesus said that I have fulfilled the righteous Old Testament law, John chapter 12. And he said that now you keep my commandment, and that's to love one another. And so when we look at this, we understand that if we love God, we're not going to be using his name in vain. If we love our fellow man, we're not going to be slandering him or stealing from him or steal or, you know, something else like that. So the commandments of God are fulfilled in those two commands. Love God, as you said, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, when we look at this, we have to understand then that Christ is our righteousness. There's none righteous, no, not one. So if you err in one part of the law, and this is what Galatians, of course, teaches us. And Paul says, oh, foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you in chapter 3? You've begun in the spirit. Are you going to be made perfect in the flesh? And today we find people that after they're Christians, they try to go back under the law again. And this is exactly what the book of Galatians addresses, that we're not saved or made right by keeping the law. We're saved and made right by our faith in Jesus Christ and doing the two things he told us to do. Love God. Love our fellow man. And again, I believe this is a supernatural change in our hearts when we become born again, something we need to nurture. We have to be reminded to love one another. Certainly John did in the epistles of John. So understanding that, I think that's where it's at. Now, uh, Stephen, you're, you're so blessed today that we have a, a lawyer on the on the air with us who knows all about laws. Okay, your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it just reminds me when I was a child, I came to Christ when I was in third grade and I walked down that aisle and with the traditional altar call, receive Jesus. I was on fire for the Lord. And, uh, you know, by junior high, uh, I became probably the greatest Pharisee of Pharisees. I was so legalistic, so extreme, which often happens when you become a Christian, you get, you get zealous, you're excited, but that can easily translate to hyper-legalism. And that's what happened to me. I wouldn't empty the trash on Sunday or Saturday or yeah, Sunday. I wouldn't empty the trash. So I said, honor the Sabbath, keep it holy. I will not, you know, enter the empty the trash, mom and dad. Um, I'm not going to eat pork. Uh, you know, I was just so dogmatic, and uh, and basically, I lost my my vision and perspective of understanding what Christianity was. I lost my first love, if you will, which was was the love of Christ and what He did on the cross for me. Instead of shifting to what I can do in my own legalistic attitude of my own righteousness. Uh, and then, you know, God brought me back into line. So I, uh, I, I went from, uh, you know, a zealot legalism to really delving into 
Galatians and, uh, and, and just really being convicted uh, by Galatians. Galatians is a great book of the Bible for people who are uh, struggling with self-righteous uh, legalism, which can creep into churches and creep into Christians. And, um, but it can be very destructive in terms of our testimony as well as our own personal uh, growth as Christians, which I, I believe is heavily stunted when we allow legalism to come in. Amen. So I hope that answers it for you. It, it, it does. I guess it's for all the rest of the brothers and sisters out here that are listening, because uh, just like you explained how you went into being a, a Pharisee at a young age, I, I see so many Christians today still are trapped underneath this law that Jesus said, wait, this is your road. It's under your feet today. It's not over your head, right? We're not yeah. under the law no more. And to understand that means that the first two commandments to practice those fully will set you free of being trapped by trying to perform. Exactly. And I, I believe this is what the problem today is in the spiritual hierarchy that we see so prevalent. Uh, I don't sin like you do, so I'm better than you are. Well, the truth of the matter is we're all sinners saved by grace. There is none righteous, no, not one. Well, what is that talking about? Our spirituality, any real spirituality that we have, we got from God. It isn't anything we self-generated. Well, look, I, I, I don't eat pork, and I worship on Saturday, and I give all my money, and I do... All those things are self-justification. They are not, they are not from God as far as those things that make us holy. What makes us holy is Jesus' blood on the cross. Again, the book of Galatians tells us that the law was the schoolmaster or the teacher or the drawing point that brought us to Christ. In other words, when we have the law, it shows us what a rotten bunch of scoundrels we really are, and how desperately we need a Savior. The law was not meant to save a man. It was meant to show him how desperately he needed a Savior. Now, in love, we keep those things that Jesus said. But not that I go around bragging about it, because then it would be something that I'm doing. The free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If I'm keeping the Ten Commandments, and I think I'm going to exchange that for uh, a robe of righteousness someday. Friends, that's wages. That's not a gift. I earned it. Look what I did. I sold flowers in airports. I wore blue. Well, think about it for a minute. How do you know if you sold enough flowers in an airport? How do you know if you wore enough blue or ate enough organically grown food or did all the other so to speak, church's mantras that they put on people that you must do to show you're worthy. It isn't there. So we, we, again, it isn't by our works any of us go to heaven. It's because Jesus Christ has died for us and we're clothed in his righteousness. Otherwise, you would never have assurance of salvation because assurance of salvation, I don't go to heaven because I'm good. So I never have to say, well, you know, I've done the best I can. Well, I don't go to heaven because I did the best I could. I go to heaven because Jesus did the best he could for all of us, including me. That's the difference. Stephen, 
hope that helps. And yes, I agree. I wish more more churches would teach on that wonderful grace of God. Hope that helps. All right. Well, it, it does. It does help a lot. Uh, I hope it helps a lot of people to hear those words because I think that's where uh, a lot of believers are are stuck. And then um, there's there's one part of the law that um, we we don't even talk about, and that'd be blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and quenching the Spirit. I don't hear too many preachers really getting deep into what is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and what is quenching of the Holy Spirit. And these two things are things we can't be forgiven for, but they pass over it so fast and doesn't give the children really understandings of, well, am I doing it? Am I not? Am well, I, quenching, am I... very quickly, very quickly, Stephen, quenching the Spirit is different than blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Quenching the Spirit is where the Lord is moving in a situation and somebody that's out of touch with what's going on comes barging in and disrupts it all. I believe that's quenching the Spirit. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, and it's the only sin that God won't forgive him, is that Holy Spirit's call on an individual's life to repent. Whosoever will may come. But if you don't want to come, and you turn away that voice that's calling, saying, you need to repent, Jesus died for you, and we turn that away, we will die in our sins, and there is no there is no um, uh, remedy after that. Brad, any last thoughts? Yeah, um, I I agree uh, completely with what you just shared, and um, yeah, it's um, I think you I think you did a great job bringing it together. But uh, I, I agree hundred percent. So, Stephen, hope that helps. Stay online. We'll send you out the movie Jesus. I think you'll really enjoy it. Great for evangelism based on the book of Luke. So I think you'll really enjoy that. Stay alive, we'll get you taken care of. And we're going to go to a first-time caller, Tyler, in Grants Pass, Oregon. Hi, welcome. Tyler, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you guys hear me? Oh, yes. How can we help? Uh, so I had a question about um, just kind of where the races came from. I know there's you know, it's always just there's one human race, but like where everyone got their their color and their different looks and all that stuff. There's I know there's not much in the Bible about that, but I just wonder what your guys' thoughts were on that. Well, I, I believe that that goes back to what's commonly called the table of nations. And in fact, if you look in your Bible and go to chapter ten in the book of Genesis, that people paired off because of their language. And then I think honestly, as I look at all this. I think people adapted a lot to their different different areas that they were settled in. Uh, and so uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, there are, you know, clear genetic differences. There are three primary uh, races, if you will, that are recognized. And it's not arbitrarily recognized or politically recognized. It's uh, a matter of a distinctive genetic uh, you know, distinctions. And uh, I agree. It's, it's no accident, for example, that you'll find uh, people uh, with in uh, you know, northern climates uh, with uh, lighter skin um, because, you know, they need to uh, absorb, uh, you know, the uh, a higher absorption rate of, of uh, sunlight in order to produce enough D3 to keep their immune system going. Um, however, people who are more towards the equator um, they don't need the light skin. Uh, they have plenty of sunlight year round. Uh, so their vitamin D levels can stay up without uh, having to uh, have uh, the real, you know, real light skin. 
Um, and so I don't think these are, you know, accidents. I think a lot of this is uh, adaptation and uh, those who are moving in these different areas, um, you know, God has made our, us so that we can, uh, we can adapt uh, to these uh, different uh, environments. Uh, I think it's important always to note and remember, you know, that no matter, you know, what the, the distinctions are in our multiple uh, genetics uh, that we have, uh, that what makes Christianity so important in this discussion is the understanding that with a Christian worldview, um, everyone has equal uh, value um, in the eyes of God. Uh, our society today likes to divide and they like to, uh, you know, look at different uh, abilities and skills and, and, uh, and different facets. We as Christians must stay true uh, to the, the Christian beliefs and what Scripture shows, which is that Jesus died for all and he has uh, tremendous uh, love and value and worth to everyone no matter how distinct they may be from one another. So I hope that helps. And again, you'll find that, and you can read that whole chapter, uh, Genesis 10, and uh, that'll answer a lot of your questions for you, okay? Okay, perfect. Yeah, just uh, it's just more, I guess, ammo for when I'm talking to just non-believers. So I appreciate you guys' uh, answer on that one. Yeah, and, and uh, matter of fact, Tyler, um, um, I will send you out. I, I think I still got some. I'll, I'll get. I'll try to send you out some things. Okay. So stay in line, and I'll I'll send those to you. The movie Jesus and a couple other books that may be very very helpful uh, for you to defend your faith. All right. All right. Appreciate it, pastors. God bless you. And thanks so much for the call. Eighty-eight, eighty-eight. Ask CSN is the number to call if you want to be part of the program today. Let's go to Crystal Carson City, Nevada. Hi, welcome. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited to be on. I'm a first-time caller. Well, I'm glad you I, called. How can we help today? I just wanted to ask about baptism versus or um, immersion uh, versus sprinkling, and why is it so important to get immersed? Well, I, I believe that because it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. The Bible says, as he came up out of the water— uh, so I, uh, this is where we get this. Now, you don't find anybody sprinkling anybody uh, in, in the New Testament. Uh, but Jesus came up out of the water. And again, to convert in the Old Testament from, uh, from pagan idolatry to serving Yahweh, you would renounce your pagan deity, you would embrace Yahweh as your God, and then you would take a ceremonial washing. Now, that's not a sprinkling. That's a washing. And this was the idea of baptism and why John, when he came on the scene, telling the nation of Israel, basically, you did not inherit your relationship with God from your father's ancestors, Abraham, Moses. You need to have a personal relationship with God. You, nation of Israel, and this was his message, you need to take a ceremonial washing. You need to be baptized. Thus the name John the Baptist. And this struck a lot of them very, very hard because, again, they believe that they inherit. And you find this chiding in their speaking with Jesus so often. Uh, well, our father Abraham taught us, or Moses said, as if they uh, got their spirituality from them. They were devoid of a relationship with God. I believe this is why many people today are in darkness and full of pride because they felt they inherited.
inherited it rather than a personal relationship with God. Your thoughts? Yeah, uh, you know, baptism has long been looked upon as symbolic of uh, death of the old self and then resurrection of the new in Christ. Uh, that's, you know, I, I, I understand why, you know, a lot of people are sprinkled. You know, perhaps if, if they're in the desert and they don't have a place to do baptism, you know, that's, uh, you know, our God is not a, a nitpicky God in, in terms of, of uh, what we do. He looks at our hearts. That said, it's, you know, baptism is a part of our testimony. And, uh, and I believe it's, that uh, is a very powerful part of the testimony uh, to, to show everyone the symbolic death of the old self and resurrection of the new person that we are in Christ will receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So, um, you know, I don't split hairs in terms of saying, well, they're not saved. And this, no, we're saved through faith in Jesus. That said, uh, I do believe that, uh, you know, if because of the scriptures, because of how baptism took place in the early church, you know, if, if we're able to do it, if we've got the water, if we've got the, you know, the, or the, the place to do it, um, I see no reason why uh, that we shouldn't uh, carry out the way it was done uh, by John the Baptist, Jesus, and the early church. So I hope that helps. Yes, thank you. In other words, um, based on, on biblical consistency, that's why we believe in immersion. Hope that helps, dear. Stay on the line if you like. Send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll enjoy those. And with that, we'll go to Ricardo, Texas. Hi and welcome. Hello, Pastor Mike. I just want to say, first and foremost, you're a mighty blessing. And your call taker, Ryan, he's just full of joy. I'm calling uh, a few months ago, just two months ago, I was arrested in Alabama at a public park uh, for preaching the gospel. Um, I wasn't blocking the right away, and neither was I using amplification. I've submitted forms to four different nonprofit organizations, um, and, uh, you know, none have reached back. I've checked out Brad Dacus and his website. I didn't see, I'm in the Dallas region, but I I, I hear that he has a location here in Dallas. You know, I I got on the phone with uh, one of his lawyers in Oregon, a very nice guy. You know, he, uh, he heard me out and he gave me some great advice, but, um, yeah, I'm just kind of a little bit in a, in a pickle, you know, I'm hoping perhaps, you know, I I know Brad's busy and, I uh, just didn't know, if, uh, you know, how this process works. You know, some of these nonprofits that they um, that I've submitted to, um, they'll say uh, three week wait time, you know, four week wait time. But I've not heard back from any of them. Okay, well, we're going to talk about this. We're coming up on a break. We come back. You know, Brad, I'm, I'm sure you got some encouraging words for Ricardo. And again, yes. on that break, we'll be back for more right after this. Don't go away. More than ever, pastors need to feel people's love and support. Over the last few years, many pastors have seriously considered leaving their church. But 1 Thessalonians 5.12 instructs all churches and all Christians to show and share their deep appreciation for those who minister to them. There is no better time to do this than Pastor Appreciation Month in October. And there's no better way to do it than using the easy as one, two, three, bless your pastor materials that are available for free at blessyourpastor.org. That's blessyourpastor.org. Plus, the great news is that if your church uses the one, two, three, bless your pastor materials, the pastors at your church will be offered a $300 scholarship application to attend a Family Life Weekend to Remember Marriage Retreat. What a blessing this will be to your pastors and their spouses. 
For free materials, go to blessyourpastor.org. That's blessyourpastor.org. Hey, this is Brant along with Sherry here. And so you hear me doing these spots from MediShare, and Sherry actually helps me with them. I get people actually in person saying, okay, Brant, for real, do you recommend this? Like, yeah, uh, for real, I actually do. I'm not just saying stuff. So family, friends ask me about it. I'm like, yes, you should look into this. It's really a great option for a lot of people. That's what I tell people. My experience has been, MediShare has been fantastic for me. Yeah. It's so different from health insurance in a lot of great ways, honestly. Yeah. And see, a lot of people who've switched tell me that it's the same reaction. They're very, very happy with it. And it gives them peace of mind and saves them a lot of money. I would tell people, look into it. Yep. Uh, So really, for reals, uh, if you want to talk to them, they're great to talk to. I think you'll be impressed and happy you looked into it. So um, you do the phone number. I'm actually tired of doing all the phone numbers. You, uh, okay. Call now. 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. Nice job. Thanks. I want to welcome you back to part two of Jeremy Men and Answer and Brad Dacus with us. I'm your host, Mike Kessler. By the way, if you're in southern Idaho, we'd love to see you here at church on Sunday morning here at the River Christian Fellowship. We're going through the book of Acts. We just started the book of Acts chapter 20. So if you bring your Bible, you're going to learn your word. And that's what's important and what's going to make a difference in the days to come. Jesus said we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So then how important is it? that we know what God's Word says. Again, uh, we'll be looking at Acts chapter 20, and I want to encourage you to come. Starts at 10 o'clock in person and 10.30 on the radio. And then this Sunday after church, we have our agape meal where everybody eats, and it's just a great time of fellowship. And so we want to invite you to come. I think you'll really be blessed. Now, going back to the phones, we had Ricardo, who was arrested for evangelizing. You know, Brad, when somebody, uh, without really obstructing anybody, without using amplified, no megaphones or anything, your thoughts on this? Yeah, well, first off, um, I believe that we at PJI um, represent more people who are arrested for public evangelism than any other organization. Uh, We're the ones that people contact, usually across the country, uh, because we do take on these cases and make sure they're getting help. Uh, I have to admit, I'm I'm really disturbed, though, whenever I hear anyone say they requested help and they didn't hear back or they just got someone on the phone, you know, someone told them on the phone, here's some things to do. Um, and uh, if they're arrested, they're cr- being criminally prosecuted for preaching the gospel, uh, by golly, that's something that we take on and we do it without charge. So, Ricardo, do you mind me asking what your last name is? Because I'm going to move on this quickly to find out exactly uh, what happened? Uh, you talked to someone from Oregon. Was that uh, Attorney Ray Hackey by any chance? Um, I, I don't recall. It was um, it, it was it was fresh when it took place, when the incident took place. But yeah, the charge is disorderly conduct. Um, actually, I spoke with the uh, uh, with Major uh, Martin, a uh, very nice guy of Alabama. You know, he uh, he even told me that I had a case, and you know, I'm I'm not I'm not looking to sue, although I perhaps feel like that's what they need, but. Um, I just, um, I mean, I'm looking to have, you know, just this case dismissed, really, because it's just right. laughable, really. And it's so, right. so it's a criminal, it's like, it, I'm sorry, it's a criminal prosecution. You're, it's still ongoing. 
you mind me asking what your full name is so I can talk to my staff and find out exactly where it's at and, and what happened and why you're, they're not uh, offering to represent you? Um, I, I, that was sort of what I, I heard was implied, that they, they didn't say they would represent you, um, and they should, because we handle these cases all over the country. No, no, I'm sorry. Let me clarify myself. It, it was the, no. I, so my, I was just an, I wasn't able to uh, locate uh, your facility here, and or I don't know, you know, the nonprofits that I, that I did reach out to, not yours, but they, they weren't able to help out. And uh, one actually said that even if they were able to help out, they'd have to find a, a lawyer in Alabama that works for pro bono, some private firm that would be able to do it for free. So it was kind of a hassle, but yeah, I, I really wanted to get in touch with you. But my, my name is Ricardo, R-I-C-A-R-D-O. Last name is Y-E-P is in Peter, E-Z is in Zebra. And I, I do have my, um, you know, I, I have my, uh, my my police report. Um, and um, so, yep, any other information I'd, I'd gladly yeah, send over. So you talked, you did talk to someone from, from Pacific Justice Institute, is that right? Oh, yeah, very. I forget his name, but he let me pray. He let me pray over the phone. And you... He 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 was on the phone with me for an hour. He heard me out. Very nice guy. I really appreciated him. But he was in Oregon, right? Oh yes, that was the only unfortunate part. He was in Oregon. Yeah, he couldn't do anything, you know. No, you're right. He, he can't. And so, uh, and you're in Dallas, but the but the incident happened in Alabama. So that's where we need to to get you legal counsel. Uh, we don't have a a staff office in Alabama. But we have a huge network of affiliate attorneys in every state across the country. Uh, so, Ricardo, this is uh, something I take very, very seriously. Uh, you know, so we're going to I'm going to work on this and get back with you. What's your you mind me asking your phone number if you don't mind me asking on the air? Or is, is that OK? Fine. Two, one, four, two, three, two, three, two, three, three. And I was actually okay. um, so I, I was I had there was a wedding. My sister, she she was getting married on a Wednesday and then the weekend prior. Um, yeah, I drove. She got married to Florida, so my fr- I had a, I have a pastor who lives in Alabama. He pastors a church there, and uh, I went I went and stayed over with him during the weekend. And you know, and then there was this concert that was taking place there at the public park. Uh, you know, like I said, we weren't blocking the right away. And within first within the first three minutes of that concert, this this, this the, the the rapper the singer, he was just you know the f word just came out of his mouth and. Um, <clears throat> And there was this one guy who was mocking me as I was preaching, and and I, we're not out there to condemn, we're not out there to harass, we're simply there to preach the the full counsel of the Lord Jesus Christ from the book of uh, Genesis to Revelation. And you know, one guy he was masturbating the air, and you know, there's little children everywhere. This is this is at a public park, you know. But you know, um, it's, it's just. But, it's, but he didn't get arrested. You did. Of course not. Yeah, oh, of, of course. course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, you what you were doing uh, in a public park, you're preaching in a public park. Uh, that's a, a, a traditional public forum protected with the highest degree of protection afforded under the First Amendment free speech clause of the Constitution of the United States. So this is a classic. We've handled lots of cases like this, Ricardo. My heart goes out to you. And um, so what we need to do is to, to circle back around. Uh, and how long has it been since you... Talked to that attorney and, and did he just he just said what was his final concluding point? You know, God bless you. I'm sorry we can't help you. Or was it we're going to try to find you an attorney? What what did he say? He said we there's an there, there's a there's a facility in Dallas or 
you know, he, yeah. so, you know, he did what he could, you know, and I really appreciate okay. that. And, and I just want to mention real quickly when I, when I, when I did get arrested, I think I wasn't read my Miranda rights. I wasn't given a warning, but I will say that I was well mannered. I, 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 I switched like a light switch. You know, I, I, uh, I said, Hey, hello officer. What's the problem? And, and he said, you're under arrest. I said, what for? He said, disorderly conduct. And so I was well mannered even up, up all the way up to the, the police station. Um, they all mocked. All of the police officers mocked. But I will say there, there was one officer when I, he knew deep down, he knew within his soul that I, I did not belong there. And he, he was so agitated because I kept, I, I kept preaching and evangelizing, even in the police station. That, that, and, uh, and he let me pray for him, uh, which was just uh, an, an incredible um, miracle. And not to mention the, the, the day, uh, the, the day, a day later in the evening, I was on, I was on the road in a, in a different city, and I got pulled over. I got pulled over, and I thought I was speeding. And the guy says, hey, I ran your plates, and a 2014 red truck uh, comes up. And lo and behold, I said, I pray for you. And he said, no, I'm his cousin. So, you know, God's hand is on this. It's just incredible, and, you know, that, <laughs> you know, so I prayed for him. And I prayed for his cousin, and um, and he told me, he said, wow, yeah. My, my, I said, he, he's a Christian. Yeah, he's a, and I said, I, he knew I didn't belong there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. And um, you know, we see persecution everywhere in the country, even in the, the Bible Belt and places like Alabama. Uh, but we, we take on these cases. We want to make sure everyone gets help. Our goal is to make sure that no one's left on the side of the road. So, Ricardo, I'm going to move on this. Um, I'm not going to wait till Monday. I'm going to move on this, and uh, hopefully we'll get someone to get back with, with you uh, in the very near future uh, you know, so we can uh, make sure you get the kind of defense that you need. And we'll, of course, do it always without charge. And- Ricardo, we're glad you called, and uh, be sure to leave your contact information with uh, the person. Uh, I want to send you out the movie Jesus and and some other things, and so if you stay on the line, I'll get those out to you, and then that way, for some reason, uh, if Brad uh, somehow didn't get the number just right or or whatever, uh, we have a backup. So you stay on the line, Ricardo. We'll get you taken care of, okay? Okay, thank you, Mike. And please don't hate me for this, but we miss you on two on back when you were on two hours, Mike. <laughs> oh, I know, but it, it was that that. Uh, well, you know, it's not that we wouldn't do that again. It's just that that um, you know uh, our staff here uh, at five o'clock when we're over here in the Mountain Time Zone, you know, I, I, they want to go home and be with their families and stuff at five, and so that's part of it. But, uh, you know, if there's something going on that's really pressing, well, then we can always go an hour and a half. So we're, we're doing that because I just basically pre-exempt uh, myself on, on uh, its time, which follows to every man and answer, which is recorded here live at the River Christian Fellowship. So if you want to know uh, what goes on here on Sunday morning, just listen right after the radio show, and uh, that is recorded live here at the church. So you'll you'll feel just like you're at home. So check that out, Ricardo, everybody, and uh, stay in line. We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to Joshua, Reno, Nevada. Hi, welcome. Hello, how are you guys doing today? Good. How may we help? Um, so my question is, I know that we were, the Bible says that we are created in the image of God. Yes. And um, I, I know that you guys have talked about it on the air before that uh, angels are asexual. Mm-hmm. They don't have any reproductive organs. Um, and the Bible also said that when we go to heaven that we're going to be known as we're known. 
Yes. And um, in our in our glorified bodies, I guess my question is: Are we going to have reproductive organs? You know, I don't know. The Bible does not say. I wouldn't think so, because in this glorified body, we really will be complete. And, um, of course, the idea of reproducing is because we know we're going to die. However, when when uh, we're in a glorified body, we will never die. And so I believe that uh, contributes a lot to that to that thinking. Now, again, Jesus said concerning the angels— uh, when they asked him a question after this guy had married, uh, uh, this woman had married seven uh, guys, seven brothers, and they all died in heaven, whose wife will she be? Jesus said this, you err not knowing the scriptures, for there are neither marriage nor given in marriage, but as the angels are. Now, Jesus very clearly was acknowledging what marriage was, but he says there is no marriage in heaven. Now, again, we have religions around today that you can be sealed for time and eternity. They're just not reading their Bible. There is no celestial marriage, period. Uh, And I think that's extremely important. It's not in the Bible. It's not in the Book of Mormon. Uh, uh, Yet, people add these things and keep adding things. Um, I want to be real careful not to add to God's Word. Um, He said, you err. Jesus said this not knowing the scriptures. They're neither marriage nor given in marriage, but as the angels are. Now, what's the point? We're going to be married to Jesus Christ. We're his bride, the Bible says. And I'm not exactly sure all that entails, but I know it's going to be grand because I believe this whole thing concerning earth, the devil, sin, redemption, Jesus dying for us, the human race, was that God would have, uh, a, the Father would have a bride for his son. And what is interesting about that is that um, uh, God let everybody, every one of us uh, choose. And having never seen the majesty of God, the glory of God, we chose to, to say, yes, Lord, I, I want to be counted in, 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 with you. And I believe this is why the Bible says, I have not seen nor ear heard, what is recorded for those who love him. Now, the Bible goes on and says in that same verse, but he has revealed it unto us, partially what heaven's going to be like. And that's going to be our eternal home with him forever. So, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's it's easy for us on earth to say, well, you know, um, you know this, you know, I, I hope this is in heaven, or I hope that's in heaven. Like me, I love ice cream, okay? But I know that when I get to heaven... Uh, the, the the joy and the peace of being complete and and one with Christ and and the kingdom is going to be just so much better than that. Uh, so in the same way, when we we ask the questions about you know male and female, uh, you know anatomy and and uh, you know whether or not there's you know say intimacy and and heaven, I I think it sort of uh, misses the whole point of of what a heaven is, which is so far beyond anything. Any pleasure, any um, closeness, if you will, uh, here on earth, uh, it's going to be so much greater in terms of the joy, the peace, uh, the depth of, of intimacy and, and one with, with the Lord in, a, in, a, in a, uh, an awesome way. Uh, it's, it's, it's something we really can't fathom. So I think this is one of those things where we may not understand it all, but we can trust 
based upon God's track record that uh, what he says will will happen will be delivered and that uh, we will be one with Christ and it will be uh, an awesome time of, of, of joy and peace and praise uh, for the status and where we are and where we and for where God brought us. So I hope that answers it for you. Um, well, my, my, so what, I mean, when, when, so when Christ Jesus came back from a shill after those three days in his glorified body, would it be safe to say that he didn't have any reproductive organs then if they weren't necessary? Well, Brad, your thoughts. <laughs> I want to give you, the, I want to give you the hard questions. I thought, I thought he's going to punt that to me. Uh, yeah. You know what? We don't know. We We don't know. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, that's a, that's a, I guess that's a possibility. We just don't see it in scripture. So I, I would not make any conclusion either way. Uh, but, uh, we, you know, we can, we can trust that the glorified body that we're going to have is going to be complete. It's going to be an awesome body. It's going to be much better than whatever we have here. Even if you are the most healthiest, fittest athlete, everything's perfect. Uh, the body you're going to have in heaven is going to be complete, and not just because it's uh, by itself complete, but because it's going to be with the Lord, and uh, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. I do want to say for the record that I do think we as Christians should definitely take care of our bodies, and uh, that's something Western culture I think uh, needs to uh, maybe take a little more seriously. So I hope that helps to be able to say definitively the Bible does not say. Uh, but I would not believe that we would, that in a perfect body, that we would have parts that we would not use. So I would right. probably just rest with it right there. Hope that helps. Yeah, well, one thing that you always say, Mike, you know, is that I know that we're not going to be locking anything in heaven. And I'm just looking forward to that day. Oh, we all are. I, I, the longer I live, the more, as I get older, the more things on me that don't work. You know, I mean, I, I, I was sharing with a friend this week in the hospital, a dear brother in the Lord. This guy's really a really a, a phenomenal Christian, but man, has had some bad health issues. And, and you know, like I say, we're all battling with something, but soon we're going to get a brand new body that works right. We won't forget things anymore, uh, you know, and, and uh, it's going to be great. I mean, I look forward to that so much. Uh, and if you're listening to this, you're 25, you're feeling good, feeling right. It's Friday night. You know, well, you may not appreciate what I'm saying, but as you get older, uh, you will. And I, I know a lot of people in their late 20s that played football, some even professional football. And boy, they said it's hard for them to get out of bed because of the, you know, the healed injuries and, and you have arthritis and other things that set in. Um, you know, I, I like I say, uh, this new body is something we all really need, and you don't have to be 80 years old and want one. Uh, and so, uh, again, we, we have much to look forward to. And again, as I always say, what John said, Revelation 22, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Stay in line, Josh. We'll send you out the movie Jesus based on the book of Luke, and I think you'll enjoy that. With that, we'll go to Kim, Oroville, California. Hi, welcome. Hi, Mike. Um, I would just like to give a testimony, if I may. Sure. For one, I want to thank you that God used you at a very, very dark and difficult time in my life as a Christian of 34 years and seeing my gifts and serving my Lord. 
I had called you back then um, upon my husband having two and a half months to live, and I was going through a lot. And over the years, he was a believer, and but he was a um, a a um, new believer compared to me. And um, things would have him; he'd get offended, and he'd take me from church to church. And I spent many years in them churches using my gifts and loving people and pouring in and receiving. And if you anyone could hear me knows what that's like. So I couldn't understand what was going on, um, and I didn't know how to handle it at the time. And through all this, the enemy was just beating me up with condemnation, beating me up with, with my grieving, beating me up with everything. And he had passed October 25th. It will be coming up. And so during this time, the Lord was so faithful in so many ways to me. When I was out of service, he had spoke to my heart and said, your ministry will be to your husband and you will love him in a different love because you will love him with my love. And God honored that in me during this time. And he was showing me things. And um, but I was still felt like I was in a very strong battle. So the battles are real when the enemy really is doing what he does. And my testimony is to help somebody, even one person out there. Um, when I, I just caught up to the Lord one night with everything I had inside, God, what is going on inside of me? What is this in his faithfulness? Just as I was getting the word out, he showed me like he just, in my mind, he said, do you remember when you went to the first church, the first church when your husband pulled you from your, do you remember what that was like? And I, I knew the answer of my soul and spirit as he was saying it. And I said, yes. And he said, what did you do? How did you enter? Okay, a little grace here. I said, I entered it with a zeal to just show who I was, to prove myself. Mm. And I handled it all very wrong when I could have just realized it and prayed and just listened to my husband and trusted and held on to the grace of God at that time. I enter places with with performance, and God was showing me that. So I wept before him, and I repented, and I said, that long, God, that long? And, and he began the healing. And but you had told me to get into a woman's Bible study right way before, I, months before I just shared what I shared. This has been going on through the year. And I did, and God gave me that time of, of being able to do that, even while my husband was going through this, and they lifted me up in prayer, and they lifted his sickness, and they were women from your, from you giving me what God knew I needed. It began the healing, and he strengthened me, and I just want to share with everything I have inside for believers out there that we do have an enemy. It, it, it is he hates us. He wants to steal things God gives us. But if we will just call out to God no matter where we're at and we hold on with everything we have to the truth of God's love and his grace and who he, who he is in us, he will take us through so many battles that we may even, that we may, the darknesses and stuff that we may not, that we find ourselves in. Am I making sense? Yes. And, and, and let me tell you something, dear. That is very true. And God brings us back. You know, he loves us. We're his children. And uh, I believe that we can stray from the master's side. Uh, but uh, that that convicting Holy Spirit goes out to bring us back. You know, uh, Brad, I know that uh, through all of us, in fact, you even mentioned that yourself uh, earlier in the program, 
how God brings us back to where he wants us to be, where we're going to be the most useful for his kingdom. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and he is so faithful. Uh, even when we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. And uh, I, uh, his, you know, we oftentimes in our minds think that, you know, that there's a breaking point. Well, the Lord's finally going to give up or he's um, we may give up on him, but he never gives up on us. And, uh, and his working uh, through us, uh, through his Holy Spirit, um, is just uh, it's just a continual uh, miracle of, uh, of the transformation that we have through our faith in Christ. And um, it's uh, very reassuring that uh, we don't have to put our, our faith and trust in ourselves, always having it all together. But we can trust our loving Heavenly Father that we, we reach out to him. His arms are always open wide. So, uh, again, that great grace of God for all of us, I believe, is so important in these days that we live in. And so, uh, Kim, uh, thanks so much for the encouragement, and I'm glad glad God encouraged you. And uh, I just want to encourage you to to, uh, stay in line. I want to send you out the movie Jesus, okay? That's very important. There's nothing like not feeling the love of God. Oh, man, you... Let me tell you, there's nothing more than that icy silence when we break fellowship with God. So, so um, important in the days that we're in. Kim, uh, again, God bless you. Thank you so much. I'd like to get one last caller in here. Kim, stay in line. We'll get the movie Jesus out to you. And again, I'm so glad God reached out, brought you back. So important in these days that we live in. Let's go to Carol Shelton, Washington. Hi, we've only got a, about a minute or two. How can we help? I want to toss out, I really want the young lady who called about sprinkling to hear this, baptism sprinkling. Uh-huh. Is that although it's not written in Scripture, but while some of the books were being written, it was probably being done, and that's when the church fled to do uh, services in caves because they couldn't do it anywhere else. Well, we don't we don't know that, dear. And like I say, I try to be very careful to not teach what is not in the Bible. Uh, and l- let me just tell you this, though, just for everybody, real fast. I uh, uh, preached a sermon on Christmas Eve uh, in Kimberly, Idaho, in an old folks' home. I and and I got done with this. Does anybody here want to accept the Lord? This old lady put her hand up, and I thought, oh, it's nice. She's probably been saved. Her grandkids come to me, Grandma wants to accept the Lord. So I went, I prayed with her. She wanted to be baptized that night. Now there was a place where I was going to sprinkle her until the orderly came in, flew open the door. <laughs> the door hit my back of my elbow and I dumped the whole cup of water all over. And she goes, whoa. Well, I think it's kind of funny. But um, no, I, I again, Carol, they might have met in caves. I don't know about that, but... Uh, stay in line. We'll send you out the movie Jesus. Thanks, Brad, for being on. PJ, PJI.org. If you've got any more legal questions, have a if safe you weekend. More about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1 800 357 4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho 83303. That toll free number is 1 800 357 4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. 
To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 